This is an AMI podcast. I'm Kelly McDonald. I'm Ramia Amadin, and this is Kelly and Ramia. Remember, folks, when you have some time, reach out to us. Let us know you're out there. Give us a call, 1-866-509-4545. Mention it's for Kelly and company, if you would, please. Mention if it's okay that we use your message on air. If we can, we shall. 1-866-509-4545. Email. You have questions, and the gang over at Markcom can help you out with that. Feedback at AMI.ca is the best way to do that. Feedback at AMI.ca is their email. Of course, on Twitter, you can follow along with the program, see what's happening from segment to segment, or just interact with AMI-audio at AMI-audio on Twitter. That's at AMI-audio on Twitter. Kelly McDonald here with Ramya Muthan. And on Tuesdays, we like to check in with our veterinarian, Dr. Danielle Jonkind. Today, we have a fun top 10 list coming up. Let's bring her on. The human-animal bond plays such an important role in people's lives, and as a veterinarian, it's my privilege to help keep those bonds strong and healthy. I'm Dr. Danielle Jonkine, and welcome to Ask a Veterinarian. So although it would be really, really nice and awesome that, you know, if we had children, that they come with an ex- um, instruction manual for raising them, that's not really the case. And neither do puppies have these instruction manuals. However, we'll get to the however in a second. No two puppies will respond the same to how we raise them. Uh, But there are some universal pitfalls to avoid when raising these puppies into good canine citizens. And this is where we get the help of Dr. Danielle Jonkind because she's going to share her top 10 list of these pitfalls to avoid. Uh, while we raise our puppies. What an exciting segment, Danielle. We can all check these boxes as we go. Some of us already <laughs> puppy owners. <laughs> I'm glad to hear it. <laughs> yes. We'll start with the open-mindedness and we'll see where we, we go halfway through the segment. <laughs> okay. All right. So we get the uh, hands clapped together and rubbed mm-hmm. together. Okay, so number 10, um, the 10th pitfall to avoid. So choosing the wrong puppy to begin with, you know, is a big one. Um, so, you know, some some dogs are just simply more work than others to raise, you know, and the best chance you have of you and your new puppy bonding strongly together is if you get one that fits well into your life. So, you know, all puppies are a lot of work and believe me, every last one of them is extremely cute. But, you know, if you, you know, sort of ignore what the puppy's going to become and kind of go in for that, you know, you might end up with a puppy that's ill-suited to your lifestyle and your personal preferences. And believe me, that will make both of you very unhappy. Um, When that happens, you know, having a dog becomes a chore, you know, and it becomes a source of stress rather than a joy that makes your life better. So to avoid that sort of disastrous situation, you know, you, you really want to think about 
you know, what do you see your dog doing on a day-to-day basis? And, you know, how how will this dog fit into your home and into your life? And you want to select a puppy that is most likely to be that ideal dog for you one day. Um, if you don't have any idea what kind of puppy that might be, you know, you, you should really get out there and ask somebody who really knows dogs for advice. So, you know, that might be an experienced dog owner who's a friend, a trainer, a breeder, or your veterinarian want somebody like that. That's a good point because there's lots of reasons why the you might think that a particular breed or even size of dog or uh, energy level might work for you in the moment, right? In the excitement of wanting a puppy, but uh, some, just a little bit of extra research uh, for me, like even shedding was a huge part of the equation because, you know, do I feel like vacuuming every day? Can I tell when my place is full of dog hair? Probably not. Yeah. No, it, it's amazing the things that, you know, bother some people and don't bother others. And yeah. it's really worth thinking about those things, you know, because you don't want it to be a source of stress no, for you. For, for sure. sure. And and I think that's so important, whether it's size, you know, you can think of all the things. Well, we live in this circumstance or I particularly comfortable with that or I'm busy at work. I don't have time for that. And some of those things are the, the, the things you need to take into account at first. But there are probably a lot of little things that you don't even think about. Um until you sit down and really go through it or get that advice. Yeah, no, for sure. And, you know, I think I think it makes a big difference if you start out with, you know, a puppy who's most likely to be a good fit for you. And, uh, you know, that's half the battle right there. And of course, like the second part of the battle is actually raising the puppy that you do get. So the next pitfall is um, failing to keep your puppy safe. You know, um, a lot of people, you know, sort of forget that, you know, puppies are a lot like toddlers, you know, <laughs> they're curious about the world and they like to put everything in their mouths as they're exploring it and you really can't trust them for a minute not to eat something that they shouldn't (laughs) so you know you wouldn't leave your toddler without a babysitter so you know don't leave your puppy alone in a situation where they could get into trouble either so you know you've either got to have you know a pet sitter or a friend or a relative to look after them um, you've, or you've got to use a crate when you're not home and you can't supervise them or at least have a puppy proofed area for them to stay in. Um, you know, this prevents them from getting into things they shouldn't. And it also helps to house train them, you know, so when you can't be with your puppy, cause we can't spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week with them. We have mm-hmm. other stuff we have to do. We need to make sure that, you know, that puppy is safe and, you know, until they learn the ropes and, you know, learn what goes on in life and what's safe and what isn't. Awesome. Okay. That's really good. Okay, next. Uh, failing to decide on the rules before you have to enforce them <laughs> with the puppy. <laughs> okay. Good one. Yeah. So, you know, everybody has different rules for what they will and won't allow their dogs to do. Um, some people really don't care if their dog is on the couch while others don't want them on the furniture at all. And, you know, some people don't care if their dog begs for food at the table and this drives other people absolutely nuts. So it's really important to decide beforehand what the rules of the house will be for the puppy. And, you know, if you make them up as you go along and changing them all the time, you know, will only confuse your puppy who already honestly has a lot to learn. So, you know, you've got to decide where do you want your puppy to go to the bathroom? Is it outside or inside on a pad? How do you feel about barking? Will they be allowed on the furniture? What are the rules regarding food and treats? And how do you want your puppy to behave when you have them out in public? Like there's really actually a lot to think about. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Yep. And it goes hand in hand with um, people being on the same page, right? Like, you know, yeah. I know that the way that my dog is behaving at my house is not how he's going to be behaving at grandma's house because it's yeah. just vetoed. <laughs> Well, and there's only so much so far you can go with, hey, we need consistency because if you live with other people, if you're in a house with three or four, yeah. other, like a whole family, yeah, everyone's going to have their own where those eyes looking at you makes you, well, no, I guess you get on the couch. Yes, mm-hmm. no, that's right. You know, and actually that, that one was my number four is failing to have everyone in the house be consistent. So, you know, just like you guys were talking about, you know, you, you, it's helpful and less confusing for your puppy when everyone in the house follows the same rules. That way they don't have to remember what the rules are for each specific person. So that makes a big difference. And number seven, failing to train your puppy from the start. So there is no magic age at which you should start training your puppy. In fact, puppies are... (laughs) Never too young to learn, and they're constantly learning from everything you do. So don't wait to start shaping their behavior into the best dog they can possibly be. The only difference really between between training a puppy and an older dog is to adjust your expectations to match their age. So, you know, young puppies don't have much of an attention span, so shorter, more frequent training sessions are more effective than longer ones given less often. And you also have to be aware of their physical limitations, especially with things like house training you know they have these teeny tiny little bladders that don't hold very much urine so if you leave them without a chance to eliminate an appropriate place longer than they can hold it they'll have to go where they are and that isn't their fault so those are you know kind of some things to keep in mind for sure a big one was puppy biting like when you're when you're playing and and you're teaching them it's okay to bite or whatever when they're teething um you know that kind of stuff you have to really you know, train out of them from the beginning because or else before you know it, they're the 80 pound dog that still thinks it's okay to bite your finger off. And drywall. And shoes. (laughs) And drywall. Exactly. Number six, failure to properly socialize your puppy. So puppies really need to have positive experiences with a wide variety of people, other animals and situations to make them into good canine citizens. So be sure, you know, you choose their exposures carefully. Um, Bad experiences can set them up for a lifetime of fearful behavior and potentially aggression problems if you're not careful. But you really do want them exposed to all kinds of people, like with different clothing. You want cats, other dogs, children, stairs, crowds, car trips, water, whatever, you name it. And if they have regular and positive, you know, experiences with all of these things, they're more likely to just kind of take the world in stride as they go through life. And uh, personality and temperament, of course, play a big role in a dog's reactions to these things. But even if they're prone to reacting badly, you know, you may be able to make their their behavior more manageable with this proper socialization and training. So that's really important. Awesome. What else? Yep. yep. Number five, rewarding them for behaviors you don't want. (laughs) (laughs) So we all know about this if we have kids too, right? (laughs) But it goes back to deciding what the rules are before you bring your puppy home. So um, sticking to them means that you don't reward the puppy for breaking them. So what is a reward to a puppy? So, of course, food is for sure. Um, If you don't want your puppy begging at the table, don't give them anything from it, no matter what. 
Um, touch, praise, and attention can also be potent rewards to a dog as well. So if you don't want your puppy jumping up on you when you come in the door, don't look at them, touch them, or talk to them at all when they do those behaviors. Just turn your back and walk away from them instead. Wow. So, you know, again, just remember what those rewards are and do not give them to a puppy when they're performing a behavior that you don't want them to continue doing. So much is so hard for the individual because almost it's, it's, it's harder for them to do it because oh, I'm being cruel, but no, you want an end result. So you've got to follow through. Next one. Failing to tell them when they're doing something wrong. And I want to stress that this is not the same thing as punishment. Punishment is an unpleasant consequence designed to convince a puppy not to repeat a behavior. And the only way it works is if it's applied at the exact right time and if it's severe enough to overcome the motivation to perform the behavior in the first place. It also has several drawbacks. You can injure your puppy and it teaches your dog not to trust you, destroying that bond you're trying so hard to build. So obviously it's a really bad idea and I don't recommend it but having a no word that tells your puppy that you don't approve of their behavior is not really a bad thing because how are they supposed to know if they did something wrong if you don't tell them and most puppies don't automatically understand the word no but they do understand tone of voice and volume so you know anytime your puppy does something inappropriate you know you should use your no word within one second of the behavior so they have a clear consistent message I don't like that <laughs> that's not a good idea mm -hmm. okay uh, number two failing to tell them when they're doing something right <laughs> so like letting them know when they've done something wrong, it's not enough. You have to let your puppy know when they've done something right. And that's even more important than that no word. Because by rewarding a behavior, you are creating motivation for your puppy to do it again. So like we talked about, lavish praise, treats, and attention on behaviors that you want your puppy to keep. And, you know, that's really important to teach them that as well. Amazing. And do we have one or two more? We got to run through. Just one. So okay. the, the last one is failing to get help with a problem before it becomes more than you can handle. So the biggest pitfall, you know, comes when in spite of our best efforts, a behavior problem develops that we can't deal with. And, you know, when one of these problem behaviors is escalating and getting worse, don't wait. Ask for help from someone who knows, a trainer, your veterinarian. Um, there are animal behavior specialists who are available as well. Um, many behavior problems can be resolved and if not, maybe manageable with help. And the sooner you get that help, you know, the better the outcome is likely to be. Mm -hmm. And this can look different for different puppies, but uh, very important to have that support system uh, either available to you or to look into it. Danielle, this has been awesome. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Now we all have a checklist that we can follow for, you know, not the instruction manual, but for keeping our canine citizens appropriately behaved. Next week, we'll talk about monkeypox because there's some updates on that front with our pets as well. All right. Coming up in just a moment, folks, wellness contributor Francis Wong brings us Cannabis 101. Folks, what, how, and why cannabis is used? Stay tuned, please. She's got all the goods for us. Hi. 
Hi, I'm Jenny Bovard. Join me monthly for Low Vision Moments, where I speak with awesome guests about some of the amusing things that happen when you're blind or partially sighted. Watch on YouTube or download Low Vision Moments from your favorite podcast distributor.